0: Let's face it, where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why we go to MyBookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. If you're betting this NFL season, do the smart thing and bet with MyBookie. Like to bet a little and win a lot? Try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. Bet's not going your way? MyBookie allows betting after kickoff. Visit mybookie.ag today. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE at mybookie.ag.
1: All Cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are
0: you? Honestly flailing a little bit over here, Josh. It's the <laughs> first international break of the uh, uh, FPL season. It stings that much more, right? You have a week off of FPL and I'm just uh, sat here in the midst of uh, my worst game week rank already of the season. So I'm not feeling great. I've got to be honest with you, Josh. Yeah, I try to I, try to put a positive spin on things to start off these. Podcasts. You
1: were very, you were very. I listened to your uh, your Patreon podcast, the one you did a couple of the kitchen table one a few days ago, and. You sounded so confident going into game week four, and I was like man brandon's going to crush it and I was like I I, I I didn't I like the confidence came out of some deep place in your in your soul i think and uh uh-huh. uh, the game humbled you and I, I, why, why does the game keep humbling us? I was confident going to game week three very humbled you game week four very humbled the game is cruel brandon it's not uh, it's capricious
0: it it really is it it serves no master it certainly doesn't <laughs> serve us if, um And Harry Kane really does tell the story for me. And my whole trying to build the Harry Kane bandwagon this season has lasted all of four weeks. It's officially crashed and burned. It's Mm -hmm. over. We can talk a little bit about a little bit more about Harry Kane, if you wish, Josh.
1: Yeah, it feels like Harry Kane's like performances are, like it's like seeped into it's like it's like in Harry Potter when like the magic world gets so bad it seeps into the regular world. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like Harry Kane now is is like it, it, he's having such a rough start of the season that it's seeped into like all of these like Guardian articles. And, you know, it's like everyone's sort of it's become like a big talking point now. Like what's what's going on with Harry?
0: And the the thing with Harry Kane is these recent performances, and you can even lump them in with performances from last season, is the conversation seems like it should be switching to, well, you know, Harry Kane, he's getting on, he's 34 years old, and maybe it's time for him to pass the torch on to Tammy <laughs> Abraham. Right. The guy's 26 years old. He is in yeah. the peak of his career, and the gas tank seems to have run dry here.
1: Peak of his career, pe- perhaps not peak. He just played, uh, you know, it's like he like he just they ran him too hard early on or something like that. I mean, I feel like he had just season after season where he was just playing 90 minutes every single game. Go to England, play 90 minutes more in both their matches. Um, you know, granted, that does happen to a lot of players when they're 24 years old. But, you know, I'm not sure how wonderful of an athlete he ever truly was. You know, I mean, I think he's right. a you know incredibly hard worker um you know i think he's uh I mean, he's obviously incredibly talented you know and um you know i think he thinks well on the pitch you know he's, he's certainly like he's willing to put on a tackle he passes pretty well uh but it does feel like his body is betraying him a little bit okay he's got three goals in the season i mean it's not like it's a complete disaster or anything but um you know if you just watch him with your eyes you know right. there's there's i mean why you watch that newcastle match oh my god you know i mean he was, you know, three years ago, that never would have happened. You know, I don't care if Erickson was on the pitch or not. You know, he right. never would have looked that peripheral in, in a match, you know, at home to a, you know, a week upon. I mean, Newcastle has looked very weak this season and they were world beaters in that match.
0: Yeah. Harry Kane's real talent uh, is or definitely at the peak of his powers was get him the ball at his feet. In a dangerous area, he could shift it one way or the other, make space to to just leather the ball and get a great shot off. The first issue you see here is is Spurs are really struggling in the midfield. Uh, Endon Bellet being injury in, uh, injured and out means they just don't have a lot of strength uh, running through the spine of the midfield. Harry Winks is not doing it. Good yeah, player so, that, he, that he is. Right. So you see the. Um, uh, you see Harry Kane just trying to come find the ball. The ball is not finding him in dangerous areas. And where Spurs, the, the only time Spurs in the second half in the North London Derby this weekend looked threatening was on the counter attack. And when they would get the ball released on the counter, Harry Kane... Kane just didn't seem capable of putting in a sprint or running into a dangerous channel. It was just sort of a jog in the park. And right. I don't think that was because he was strategizing that run. He just looked like he didn't have it in him. Now, the now um, the word on the street, Josh coming from mm-hmm. the training grounds in North London is that Pochettino has really put spurs through the paces to start the season. Right. Um, he's been putting them through two sessions a day, just grinding them uh to their bones putting with the with the idea of getting them in great physical condition uh for the end of the season and we're seeing just that them being taxed now but it's so funny because
1: they've dropped five points from six so it's like you know how much more is it going to help them later they're going to like you know pick up that many more points like you know if it's going to cost them you know in the in the near term but it doesn't matter when you when you get those points you know so uh anyway so what does this all have to do with fantasy this is what it has to do with fantasy Brandon you have given up on Harry Kane your wild card is active you have you've you've bitten the bullet um and uh what's going on how are you feeling have uh, you know do you feel good about your wild card team are you still in are you full sometimes you know I feel like with a wild card it's like I, I I pop right in there I like you know, fill it out. It's like, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of let it sit there for three days and then I start to tinker, you know, it's like, it's like I sort of like, I need to let it breathe, you know, for a couple of days before I like really get in there and and start to, you know, tinker at the margins.
0: You know, I honestly don't know how I feel about my wild card right now or having triggered it either. My strike force was definitely the impetus in me triggering the wild card and also uh, Sergio Aguero going off, De Bruyne looking fantastic, basically Man City's scintillating form, and I only had Raheem Sterling to account for the Man City attack. Uh, right now, I it's hard to see how much my team is going to change within the wild card because um, looking at it pre wild card, I was like, well, this team is pretty balanced. I have budget and premium in the defense. I have. Uh, budget and premium in the midfield and I had the premium spot with Kane up front and I felt pretty malleable so why at what point do you know it's right to trigger the wild card in that situation where you can see in two to three moves of any kind you could kind of get to where the new template is 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 going toward what I felt, though, um, coming out of game week four is that I just simply didn't have enough firepower. I didn't have enough goals. We talk about this a lot. You, Josh, your philosophy with FPL kind of boils down to one thing, and it's goals. And uh, is that a fair assessment? Uh, I mean, it's, no, it's, it's, is it's,
1: that a fair assessment? My, my philosophy, uh fantasy? I, I don't know. I don't know if it is, but I think it's a... Uh, I think it's a, it's a great – I'm like Logan Roy in succession, Brandon, all right? I'm just <laughs> – I just keep moving forward. Attack, attack, attack. That's what I'm That's what I'm going for. I just – yeah, I mean I, I don't I, – I actually think that I have moved a little closer to you the last couple of years. I, I do try to seek out some balance and uh, I'll talk about my team in a minute. But I actually brought in DeBrenna over Aguero and that to me was a move based more around balancing my team than it was about having the most explosive attacker. So – um, I think in general, it's a fair assessment. I do prefer goals to assess. Uh, I right. mean, or whatever, whatever that means. I prefer goals to a more consistent return, you know, that yep. you might get with uh, a
0: De Bruyne, David Silva type, David Silva. Yeah. I guess the last thing I'll say about me playing my wild card is, again, on that note of balance in that you could say be patient Uh, there was, there was a lot of debate in the FPL community about early wild carters, what happened to all the supposed patients we were meant to have. Um, or the, the counter of that is you can't just sit, sit on your thumb and wait too long for, uh, all these great players and these great fixtures to go pass you by. So for me, it's less about, um, playing it early or, playing it at the right time. My feeling with this wild card is it's time for me to make an aggressive play. I've had two roughly average to below average game weeks. Uh, I feel the time is right for me to turn on the aggression And I'm ready to bring in some more firepower. So that's that's the method here.
1: So just I mean, just give us a little and, you know, we're going to do just as a quick heads up to people listening to the podcast. We're going to do two podcasts this week or you know, over the next week or so before game week five. This one is going to be um, we're going to answer 20 questions for about 20 Premier League teams. So like one one one. One question per team. We're going to get into that in just a couple minutes here. Uh, and then next week will be more of a proper Game Week 5 preview. Um, a little more wildcard strategy. We can talk about where you are with that wild wildcard. Um, I can talk about my moves or what I'm thinking about doing going to Game Week 5. Um, and we'll answer, obviously, the listener questions about strategy as well. But this one's sort of like taking stock of where we are right now. All that said... Is there anyone in your wildcard team that might surprise me or is there anyone like that that sort of um, that I might not expect? I mean, have you moved Van Dyke to Trent Alexander-Arnold, for example?
0: I have moved Van Dyke to Trent Alexander-Arnold for sure. Most of the moves I've made at this point have just been playing the money market. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's for me the fun bit about the wildcard triggering it early is seeing who you can kind of move on. And the international break. Maybe a misnomer that the money market is a little more active because I think a lot of managers go into a bit of hibernation and aren't making as <clears> many <throat> transfers. Um, right,
1: and wild but, card moves don't count towards price rises too. And this is a big wild card moment. So yeah,
0: exactly. So yeah, Trent came in for Virgil Van Dyke, and that that plays into the aggressive style that I was talking about. The big decision I need to make right now. We can talk a little bit more about this when we get to the Manchester City section of the upcoming a chunk of the podcast is i think what's going to make everyone's transfers during the international break or if you're on wild card the big decision you have to make is which man city lineup are you going to go for i think it's imperative that you have three manchester city players coming out of the break especially on wild card are you going to go full attack i saw one team yesterday where they just said let's go for it it was sterling de bruyne and aguero all three mm-hmm. the, the three big um focuses of the city attack up front I am feel like I'm still going to be committed to the city defense. Ederson is in goal, and that is probably uh, – Ederson would be the first to move if I needed to find a little bit of extra money. I saw yeah. Zinchenko is now up to 5.6, and he actually – Zinchenko looks so good. I think he's – of all the defenders beyond Laporte, he was creating even more than other players on the city squad, creating an incredible number of – uh, yeah, chances do, you, in the do box. you ever get
1: him confused with De Bruyne on the pitch? By the way, I often have a moment where were, I have to like kind of check myself, you know. Especially when yeah. they start, when they're kind of running together, and I'm like, I can't figure out who is who. Yeah, <laughs>
2: well, there's
1: a little, little question about Mendy there. I I, I wonder if um, ultimately you end up bringing in uh, Nicolas Otamendi, who um, I think is really tempting. You know, once we sort of find out the full mm-hmm. extent of Laporte's knee injury, but um, I would think at 5.4 million, that Otamendi would be pretty locked into that team. Possibly for the rest of the season, you know, Um, the question then is just whether Laporte is so good that, you know, when you take him and Vincent company out of the team, um, are you in a position where this defense is a little shaky? You know, I mean, John Stones isn't particularly, you know, he doesn't inspire a ton of confidence either. You know, and so I actually thought Fernandinho played really well as an emergency center back in that match. I don't know if you've, yeah, I agree. Yeah, the
0: the only slight on Fernandinho is he's a little short, sort of like Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. He's a little short for a center back. The slight is that
1: he's slight. Yes,
0: (laughs) but uh, I agree, and I think the I think the general wisdom would be, particularly in the lesser fixtures, City are going to be holding so much of the ball. This. And I mean, in any fixture, the reason you'd count on Manchester City to keep a clean sheet is less that they have the best defense going, because I, I don't think I, I, I couldn't make that argument. They just hold so much of the ball that their um, chances are few and far between for the other teams. I, I still am holding faith in the Manchester City defense, despite Laporte being out.
1: All right, well, I think we should move on. we got to get to our, our questions here. Um, 20 questions is going to take us a good three and a half hours to move through all of them. Just real quick before we do, though, who is your current bus team captain? If you get hit by a bus, who is your captain going into game week five?
0: Yeah, we've got to talk about the Mane-Sala bust-up. But um, Newcastle at home, despite Newcastle's recent scintillating form, uh, the armband is on Mo Salah with my bus team. Vices on Raheem Sterling away Norwich. Um, City in great attacking form. Per per uh, my wildcard brief, uh, it's the away fixture, I guess, that makes me a little shy, and and I gravitate toward Anfield and Liverpool. Sure, but reasonable. Uh, I, reasonable. I could easily be talked into in a story. Did score twenty Stroman.
1: points in the game week one away fixture. So yeah. I guess it's a yeah, defense is that is that's actually probably better than the defense that we playing. I have I have Sterling as my captain in game week five right now. Um we'll mm-hmm. talk more about this next week. Um De Bruyne is my vice captain. I am like all in on basically anybody that plays that Norwich defense. I mean they are dreadful. I, I actually am shocked that uh West Ham only scored two goals uh in their match of the weekend. I could not believe that that holler didn't get two or three goals in that match.
0: Yeah, dodgy, dodgy yeah. penalty non-call on Holler as well. Yeah, that's the I exactly. We're, this, this
1: is gonna be a VAR free episode though, Brandon. That's <laughs> that's my that's my promise to you and yeah. the listeners. Um so just quickly, uh my team, I I made a pretty aggressive move. I was actually a little nervous about it because um, you know, you don't want, you, know, you don't want to follow up a mistake with a mistake, you know? And I talked on last week's episode a lot about, um, uh, my wild card team and how I just shouldn't have really done a wild card to be, to begin with, you know, and, uh, how it sort of, ended up costing me like 25 points and, um, you know, it is what it is. And so you can either, but you know, there's this, this worry that, you know, when, when things start to go bad, you're going to go on like fantasy tilt, you know, and just like really mess up your team and just start to like make in increasingly insane transfers to like basically win back all the points you lost. <laughs> right. And, right. You know, in like one game week. Um, and I, I did not do that. I kept, I kept my cool and I just, I just made what I thought were two logical moves, which is I dropped Marcial for Kevin De Bruyne and I dropped Harry Kane for, um, for Alaire. And, uh, so those two players netted me 21 points total. Um, if I had kept, uh, obviously marshal didn't play and so i would have a- awb would have come in and i would have had Kane, so i would have had eight points from those two versus 21 and even with the minus four um that's a net um uh, was that net nine points so um and nine points is huge you know i mean nine points this early in the season felt like a massive win so um felt really good about that ended up on 60 points uh for the game week uh still still a red arrow but it felt obviously it would have been even worse had i not done that so um so i felt i felt positive about that you know but it was it was i was definitely nervous i certainly
0: would if 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 i were you i'd feel great about that you you always put yourself out there with a minus four um particularly when you're dropping a player like harry kane where you really don't know what he's gonna do in a fixture like the north london derby and to see it pay off yeah that's got to feel great
1: It it did. And then we talked about this yesterday. You and I went to the U.S. Open last night. uh, And uh, uh, go Rafa, by the way.
0: Yeah, incredible performance by the Spaniard. (laughs) <laughs>
1: but uh yeah when kdb scores like three minutes into that game you're like okay this is not going to be a complete disaster mm-hmm. you know and so that was that was a good feeling so yeah and I, I like my team a lot better now going into game week five and so that's that's the other advantage of the of the minus four is that it may not come off that first game week it may not usually, always work out this well but you often put yourself in a position where like long term you're you're much happier with your team right. so uh so it's that's a good feeling you know as far as game week five stuff goes let's talk about that next week because i'm I, i'm leaning towards not just not burning a transfer. So, um, you know, but we'll see about that. So, uh, before we get into the questions, Brandon, do you want to read off the always
0: cheating super league top 10? Of course. Uh, 10,000 plus managers strong in the always cheating super league. It's free to enter for any of our listeners out there. Just go to always cheating.com for the league code or any of our social, uh, tabs. Let's go through the top 10 here in 10th place. It's Matthew, Wright. Ninth, uh, Robert wild and eighth place. Barry Bruce seventh, uh, Ni- nickel mug. I need to increase the, the point size on this uh, running order here, Josh. Uh, <laughs> Nicodemus Wong in sixth place, Bob Hartman, fifth place, Christopher Marshall. And in fourth, Desmond Brady, third place, Ewan Owen. I'm sorry. I I'm not good with my, uh, my Gaelic. <laughs> Owen Hogan in second place, Sydney, Sydney and holding strong in first place. It's Anor Tan with a whopping 323 points. Well done to everyone in the super league.
1: Yeah, and Norton is uh, 25 in the world overall. So uh big congratulations to uh to you, Anor. So Brandon, uh, before we get into the podcast, just a quick note. Uh first of all, we, we crossed uh over 500 patrons uh last week, which was a very big moment. I was very happy about that. So thank Woo! you to everyone who support who supports the podcast. Uh that was uh that felt uh, really awesome because I still remember when we launched this Patreon and how uh, nervous we were about even starting one. So uh, that was a really good feeling. If you'd like to support the podcast and get access to a bonus episode each week, get access to the Slack, which is really just fantastic. It's really it's in a very really good place It's right crackling, now. Josh. Uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, and uh, you can get other stuff like a free T-shirt and uh, we, we free mugs. We're get, we, we, there are Lots of giveaways, lots of cool stuff going on. So patreon.com slash alwayscheating is where you can go to learn more.
0: Yeah. And for all new Patreon members, we're going to do our big thank you session at the end of this episode. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, let's take a quick break, Josh. We're going to come back and talk about our 20 questions for the 20 Premier League clubs after four game weeks.
1: Brandon, we're back. We've got 20 questions for 20 Premier League clubs it's a lot of questions. I think some of them will be easier to answer than others. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, just, again, what's one question per club? A couple of these questions have actually been submitted by a listener. So keep your ears
0: peeled for mm, those Easter eggs.
1: First question. It, yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go A to. W here, Brandon. So mm-hmm. I'll start off with Arsenal.
0: No Zenit Saint Petersburg in the in the league this season. <laughs> no
1: Sen- I know it, Arsenal always gets to start this thing off. It's so so lucky for Arsenal supporters. Uh, first question uh, is Aubameyang with three goals, one assist, eleven million price, and an amazing run of upcoming fixtures. Somehow underrated as a top top fantasy asset. No one's really. No one seems to really talk about him. He's there, but he's. He's not quite there. He's not quite like the one of the key fantasy assets. I right. Like in
0: the he's in this gray area where no one's talking about Aubameyang as if he's overpriced or he's a ripoff or he's a bad pick. If I saw somebody's rate my team, I would say, all right, Aubameyang. Interesting. Good. Let's do this. And I must say that this is a huge question that I'm having to answer in my wildcard squad is what to do with Aubameyang because – I think one of the things that I'm now in the position of chasing with this aggressive uh, mode that I'm trying to enter into is who's in form, who is consistent. Is it Ashley Barnes? Is it Aubameyang? Well, Aubameyang is the current co golden boot holder. Ashley Barnes is just some uh, half Austrian guy who plays for Burnley. I think I would take Aubameyang if it was an even, even price. So, um, strongly considering him going into game week five, I like him and I would like him to be high, more highly rated.
1: Yeah, I think he is, I was trying to just do the math real quick. He's 22% owned. I think that makes him the 14th most owned player in the game, but the, he's the fourth most owned forward. And then even if you, you know, if you threw the midfielders in there too, he's eighth most owned among midfielders and forwards, which does seem a little low for a player who scored in three out of four matches this yeah. season. The Liverpool price tag is high, but it's not it's not extraordinarily high. I mean it's 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 doable. Sure. You know, I mean I just put together a wildcard team that had an eleven million player in it. Didn't feel too unbalanced, you know, when I when I had Kane in my squad. So, you know, and and the the run of fixtures is is, is fantastic. It's I, I guess it does just feel like he feels like he's third place, doesn't yeah. he? You know, it's like when you think about the the Liverpool assets you'd want and the Man City assets you want, he's he just, he just comes in third. He's he's the bronze medal <laughs> fantasy. Well, that's that,
0: yeah, I, I think that's the smart way of putting it because the issue that Aubameyang has right now with FPL managers is he's a great option, but he is not cover for Liverpool or City. If you say, well, Aubameyang's ownership is comparatively low, I think he's a great differential, and you go for him instead of Aguero, Sterling, Salamane. I think that could be proved to be a big problem for you game week in, game week out. So the challenge would be, can you figure out, can you contrive a way to get Yang into a squad amongst those other heavy hitters just so you are not going to get left behind when the high ownership players have a great week? it's
1: yeah it's hard to pull off you know it's I, I don't know if there's any way to have everybody up front and you know one thing i was thinking about as you were as you were just talking a second ago is that there's this temptation you know just in last week's t- podcast we talked about you know is the clean sheet dead you know is there a way to have like a super attacking front where you've got a couple of heavy hitters up front and you've got de bruyne up sterling mane you know um but the you know then you just look at van dyke and zinchenko right who both came in with you know, a six-point return from Zinchenko, a seven-point return from Van Dyke, right? Thirteen points between the two of them, and they cost, you know, what like four? You know, Zinchenko is f- what five and a half? He's literally half the price uh-huh. of yeah. Aubameyang, and and with six points this game week, I mean, he has six points in two out of the last four game weeks. With those six points, he has has equaled Aubameyang in two of Aubameyang's four fixtures. You know, right. so. It's a, it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing, you know? Um, and it's like, it's funny how like. It's like when a defender gets a clean sheet, but they don't get any attacking points or they don't get all three bonus points or whatever. It feels so, like, blah. Like, I felt nothing when I got seven from Van Dyke, you know. It's like it's like a very good return, you know. You're just like, whatever. You know, he's 52% <laughs> uh-huh. owned. Like, who cares? Yep. Uh, but obviously, like, half the managers don't have him, right? You know, it's a, a seven-point return is fantastic. I mean, same thing with Zincheco. He's only 13.4% owned. But when I got the clean sheet, I was like, sure, right, awesome, right. nice, you know. Yeah, so... It's interesting.
0: Okay, uh, speaking of interesting, let's move on to Aston Villa. The question here is, where does John McGinn rank among the top mid-priced midfield options? Options such as James. It's not James, Josh. It's James from Manchester United. (laughs) Savalos, Mount, Lanzini, et cetera. So this has been the most popular question that we've been getting from our listeners is which one of these rando mid-priced midfielders do I want to commit to for the short to midterm and, uh, John McGinn, not for lack of trying. Um, I don't know. He's, he's just, Mm -hmm. and I've been an owner of McGinn since his great, one great moment of the season so far, that goal against Spurs in game week one.
1: (laughs) He's in two. He's in two. You got that. I did talk about hugging our
0: friend Danny when that, um, when that McGinn assist came through against Everton. True. Um, I just like like from my perspective on a wild card, McGinn is one of those players where you're like, is this is this juicy enough? Is this good enough? And uh, I think it's more, it's less a McGinn problem, and it's more that have Aston Villa answered enough questions for us, just in terms of their own team form. I think if if Villa come into right. a good run of form then McGinn will certainly prosper, but they've yet to show real great consistency.
1: Do you just look at, you know, just look at, I'm looking at their um, their player page right now in the fantasy. They have 12 midfielders listed on there, you know, and granted a couple of them are injured. Uh, it's it's a big team with a lot of moving parts, and they have a, a forward who doesn't really score. Uh, and, and Wes, I know he did score last week, um, but in general he is not, uh, you know, one goal in, in four matches, um, you know, and, and some of those matches were, were fairly, I don't want to say easy exactly, but I mean, Bournemouth at home, Everton at home, Palace away, Yeah, you there's know, those are matches where a, where a good striker can, can definitely pick up a couple of goals. And so, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, um, I, yeah, I feel like the, the problem is not that he couldn't get some goals. It's that he's not going to be able to set people up enough right. to score goals.
0: Yeah. And you compare him to a player like James, where I like how McGinn, fits into the team makeup and the team chemistry of aston villa he's been playing with so many of these guys since the championship and james is the new boy at manchester united but say what you will about james and i have questions about um his ability at the um with manchester united despite the goals that he's been scoring he is surrounded by players who can get him into positions to score those goals, whereas McGinn, the talent isn't – he doesn't yeah. have the Rashfords, the Martial's, and, and the Pogbas.
1: Yeah, and he, he's also – James is surrounded by players who miss a lot, mm-hmm. you know? So there's lots of times when the bouncing ball will be around there for for him to, to take advantage of it. I think I saw some stat today that uh, James was um, in the top 10. I think he was like seventh or eighth overall. Uh, for total shots in the box this season, Uh, which kind of blew me away because, I mean, I sort of feel the same way you do, where I feel like he's slightly peripheral to that team. Not peripheral exactly, but he's a little bit like, like the old version of Sadio Mane or something where it's like, you can go 30 minutes without even knowing he's on the pitch, you know? And then suddenly it's like, boom, whoa, there's a goal. You know, it's like, it just sort of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and then they sort of disappear again for 30 minutes. But from a fantasy perspective, as long as that happens regularly enough, it doesn't really matter right. um, how important they are to the, you know, link up player or whatever, you know, just, you know, there's sort of an outlet on the left or where he plays on the, does he play in the, he, he plays, plays on the right.
0: doesn't? Um, uh, I'm forgetting. Yeah. You. Don't put me on the spot.
1: I feel like he does play in the left but I think he scored his first goal of the season on the right. I think that's what's You're throwing correct. me off a little bit. Yeah. You're
0: correct. Yeah. But yeah, with with McGinn is still in my wild card team just because I have I have made I'm afraid to give up that 0. 0.1 that I have made on John sure. McGinn's 5.6 price. Got some um, really nice uh, fixtures coming up too. And they have great fixtures, but I do feel like he's he's one of the first guys on the chopping block. McGinn is the sort of player that will come more into our thinking when it's later in the season, and we know a little bit more about Villa. So, just, okay, I don't, I don't want to go through
1: all these players. We get too many questions, but just McGinn, James, Ceballos, Mason Mount, Miguel Lanzini. Of those five players, who, and let's just remove your own team from, but if you were just building a team from game week five, you didn't have a team for the first four game weeks, didn't have any value built in, who's the one player you'd want in your
0: team? I think it would come down between James and Mount for me Mount because he's an all action player. He's on set pieces and he also can crash into the box. Right. Of course, you have a lot of questions around Chelsea. James, he, as I mentioned, he, he has the scoring ability. Sabalos, I think he's a good player and interesting. I do wonder if he's sitting a little too far back for my FPL taste. Lanzini, I like a lot, but I've, don't if, if all is going to be the player we want from west ham i'm not i at the prices that west ham is at i'm not looking to double up there though I, I really do rate lanzini as an fpl option
1: i'm i guess i'm coming around he looked good in that match i i still i have a thing about about players who get injured too often i just never want to have them in my team like it's and i i was talking about this on twitter something like that earlier this week and someone was like that's what transfers are for and i'm like yeah but you only get 38 of these things a year you know like it's the 38 free ones anyway it's like transfers are precious you know like you mm-hmm. got to you got to <laughs> treat them carefully you know i don't i don't want to bring it up that's why i okay it's, Gollum. It's like,
0: man geez.
1: but it's like but it's like it's like it's why i don't like like a one week punt you know it's like i don't want to burn a transfer and knowing I'm going to have to burn a second one in the near future. And if you bring in Lanzini, you know, you're going to have to do that at some point, you know, he's going to get injured. <laughs> he always yeah. gets injured. It's like, it's like having um, who's the player in Watford who gets injured all the time. Uh the Name I'm forgetting right now, Perea, you know, it's mm-hmm. like just Perea is just always going to get injured eventually, you know, it's just sort of his, uh, you know, just these muscle problems. It's just some players are more, more prone to them, you know? So um Anyway, yeah, I hear you. that's yeah. So I, I think I'm with you. I think uh, I probably go Mount as well. Um, their next two fixtures are kind of tricky, but after that, I really like um, their run. So um, I think I might stick it out with Sabalos for two more weeks and then and then move over to Mount. I think that's the correct right. plan for me. Uh, all right, Bournemouth. Uh, here's a question. Uh, I actually posted this on Twitter a couple of days ago. Uh, Callum Wilson has scored. This is the question. Callum mm-hmm. Wilson has scored five points per game in every match this season. Is that
0: good? um my heart uh, my heart says no it's well is it good maybe it is good it's not great it's not bad so therefore um the law of averages states that it's good (laughs) um at eight at eight million i'm afraid callum it's not good enough for me uh the reason the reputation that Callum wilson brings into the 2019-20 season is this is the this is the dude goal scorer from bournemouth the reason you're shelling out eight million as opposed to 7.5 for right. the great scotsman that is ryan fraser who will take every corner kick that you present to the man um yeah. is because Callum wilson scores goals he is scoring these five pointers jerus it's it would not be what I'd expect. <laughs> it's a lot of
1: jurors. I mean, the thing is, I think there, there's like a point of view thing too. And, I, and I'm not sure that I think it's good either. I mean, I, I dropped it for my team and I don't really feel a strong compulsion to bring him back. I think it, the answer is it is good. It clearly is good. And, you know, just like as like a just for if you want to look at it a different way, if you had a striker in your team and he was he got you eight points in game week one, two points in game week two, eight points in game week three, and two points in game week four. You'd still be pretty happy with that, right? Because you'd be like, "Well, it averages out to five points." You know, there's something about it's something about getting the five every week that yeah. makes it seem kind of like well weak. You know, like kind of not as not as good.
0: It's a question of how, though, and maybe the maybe the problem isn't with Callum Wilson. Like he is he is a good player, and he's doing everything he can to get himself into these attacking opportunities. But the problem is Bournemouth as a whole, and they're not in great nick right now. They're they're not doing enough in the attack all around. Um, so maybe it's okay in that Wilson isn't in bad form necessarily. It's just a team problem. And maybe all it's going to take is one or two fixtures to get right. And then they'll yeah. they'll be in a, a, a better option.
1: Still hard to have a real read in this team too, right? I mean, you know, they probably didn't do quite as well in the first two games as they should have. Uh, and then they played Man City and Leicester. And the Leicester team that looks pretty good right now. Um, you know, so in the, you know, two really difficult fixtures back to back, um, and he actually, you know, delivered to both them, but now they've got a much nicer run coming up, Everton, Southampton, West Ham and Norwich and for the next five. So, um, yeah, so I think it's, uh, it's just sort of interesting to think about him and, and whether he's having a good season, a bad season or a mediocre season, or I, I guess he's having a good season, a, like a nice season, you know, not, not great, but yeah. nice.
0: I like this question here. You've got about Brighton, Josh. Uh, if we can move on to the uh, sure. the, the great the um, great club that is Brighton, do we literally know anything about this club after four weeks? Please answer this question, Josh. Do we know anything?
1: Well, no. I don't think we do. I don't know if their defense is good. I don't know if their midfield is good. I don't know if their forwards can score. I. The, we have seen them sort of do all of these things in various matches, right? <laughs> uh-huh, you know, yeah, sure. uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I really don't. I, it's, it's, they seem more fun than last year's version, you know? I would and agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much of that's done to Graham Potter and him, you know, I mean, I thought they like, is, you know, they, they lost what, four nail away to Man City and game week four. And I thought they. It was one of those matches where you come out of it thinking, you know, Brighton's not bad, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I sort of, like, I didn't I didn't come away from it feeling like they got destroyed, you know? It felt like uh, they they played reasonably well. They had tried to attack a little bit. Right. Um, they were playing out of the back, which was crazy. Like, I feel like at the Etihad, <laughs> like, playing out of the back is, like, <laughs> yeah. asking it for was trouble. A, it was a
0: noble demolition there at the Etihad, yeah.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, you know, there's this, uh, Troussard is, is interesting, but, I mean, he's got one goal, you know, I mean, you know, it's, he's, he's he's done. Okay. Um, He looks, he looks attacking. He looks interesting. He's 6 million. It's if he was 5 million. Sure. Great. Throw him in your team, yeah. you know, but at 6 million, when there's all these other players that we just talked about, it's hard to feel like, yeah, Tressard the one that I want. And it's, it's kind of like a McGinn problem where, you know, and it's a problem you find a lot with these bottom half of the table teams where you're like, even if I liked you, like, <laughs> No one's going to score the balls that you're setting up. so you, It's like I can only get goals from you. You know, it's like a, it's, it's going to be hard for you to like deliver enough assists to be a really consistent performer in my team, you know. And right. so so that's why players like De La Feo who emerged last season were so valuable, right, because they were 5.5 million players who were playing as forwards, out of position forwards, you know. So, and Trissard yeah. might be doing that. It feels like he is really advanced, but um, I don't know. I just need to see more goals from him before I consider him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Brighton is the, uh, there's a lot of potential there. So if we know literally anything about Brighton, it is that they have potential. They have a bit of a touch of class, courtesy of Mr. Potter. So um, we hold out hope for future weeks.
1: Yeah, maybe it'll happen. Who knows? Uh, All right. uh, Next question is about Burnley. And that's a very simple question Can Ashley Barnes keep this up?
0: Um, it's for uh, you, buddy. I have to answer this one. <laughs> yep. Um, pro- I mean, certainly not. Uh, certainly not. Um, you wouldn't think so. <laughs> let's see. His XG, well, I'm just looking at the uh, last two game weeks, and his XG was just 0.5, which, you know. 0.5 um, is pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Let me let me see if I can go um to all matches in the season. Back when Ashley Barnes was good in game weeks 1 through 3. Uh <laughs> but yeah, and his xG is over 2. So I don't know, is that sustainable? It, it that is not yeah. it doesn't it doesn't scream sustainable to me. If you're asking is Ashley Barnes good? Yes, Ashley Barnes is good. Can he's keep up this rate of scoring? No, but does that mean he's not worth the 6.5-plus that you're going to pay for him? Not necessarily. I think he still offers good value even if he doesn't keep up this exact rate of scoring. Does it make sense to you?
1: Yeah, and if I were to ask a a longer but more boring question, I would have asked, is Ashley Barnes good enough to keep it up over the next – five fixtures because their next five fixtures are fantastic uh, especially the next four uh brighton norwich aston villa everton uh even Leicester away uh, i think i think could be a decent fixture for him. and then they they, have a, they play city in game week 10 and then Sheffield united and west ham in game week 11 and 12 so on, honestly i see maybe one or two bad fixtures in their next you know nine so um i don't know i mean he's kind of he's kind of tempting you know i think that there's a I don't think he can keep it up either, but I think he can keep it up a little bit longer,
0: yeah. in the game of great game of buy, sell hold, he is somewhere between hold and buy at this point, and I think that's yeah. that's heaping praise on the man. so yeah, i'm I'm still feeling good about him,
1: yeah, I would put him in a buy. i you know, a full- on buy. um, I think if you know, in your wild card I, I if I was wild carding right now, I would definitely have to consider him, even though I don't again, i i mean i don't he did score 12 goals last year i mean it's it's a, it's a it's a you know double digit return and and for a team that isn't like putting balls on a platter for him necessarily i mean they, they do they play a kind of style that would lend itself to their forwards being the ones who score the goals for sure i mean it's not like mm-hmm. we're learn it's on man city type situation here but you know still i i you know it feels like uh it feels like he could do well over the next few game weeks and uh you know, but I don't also see him get a call up for the England team or the Austrian team, wherever, wherever he's, wherever he would get called
0: up. It's very confusing. You pick Ashley. It's the choice of shooter's (laughs) shooter's choice. All right, let's move on to Chelsea. The question here actually comes from our listener and our Patreon subscriber and our good close friend, Byron Brew. He wants to know, will Chelsea's defense stop being so bad? So the good news here for Andy is that uh Rudiger should be back. He is reported to come back to um Chelsea's first team after the international break. Um I don't quite know enough about who's right-footed and left footed to know does that bump um Kurt Zuma out of the lineup? It's I gotta think, be Zuma. Yeah, no one it, would be it, sad yeah. to see Zuma go. So it's it's Rudiger yeah. and Christiansen. That's not a bad central defense by comparison. It's not bad.
1: Uh and you know, and without Zuma on that team, you'd have to think I mean, he was not bad last year. I I don't know why it's been such a complete choke job for him this season. You know, it's been a disaster, right? I mean, it's like own goals, uh, yellow cards, conceding a penalty in the the first game of the season. Um, That penalty conceded in game week one in Man United was a really bad one because Chelsea were kind of on the front foot in that match for a while, too. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, once that that penalty was conceded, it kind of changed the moment of the game. So... Yeah, I mean, they have not kept a clean sheet uh, all season. Uh, it's, it, you know, I mean, <laughs> Rüdiger is good. I mean, is you know, as a Rüdiger and Osplaqueta led defense enough to to give you a lot of faith in them? I mean, I, uh, Christensen, to me is a question mark. Uh, Emerson he, looks attacking, like he looks like an interesting FPL prospect possibly, but he's still five point sure. 5. five million. It feels. Feels like right. a lot for a team that hasn't kept any clean sheets so far. I mean, they play Wolves and Liverpool in their next two. You can't have them for those. Like, I w- I would don't want a Chelsea player for the next two. Um,
0: you know, so it's it's definitely like a wait and see. If I can read between the lines, I think Byron Brew is asking this question exactly because of Emerson. I think so many people who are looking to move, make a lot of moves during the international break have been seduced by Emerson's attacking stats, which. Are great. But yeah, I think you're right to point out 5.5 Chelsea team that probably the best thing you can say about them is that they will will score goals this season. Is is that enough to warrant value from a, a 5.5 defender just because Emerson may be involved from time to time in yeah. the attack? I, I tend to think it's too much to pay.
1: I think so too. And, and, and to be honest, I mean, he looks attacking, but he's, he's still, you know, has no goals or assists this season, Has didn't have any last season. You know, his entire career at Chelsea has one assist, and that came in limited minutes in the 2017-18 season. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I have respect for underlying stats, but, I mean, I, I just don't know. Also, like, it's it, it's not like he's linking up with, like, you know, it's not like it's some you know, fullback, you know, striker partnership that's been developed for over many years. You know, it's like kind of a, you know, it's like he's feed the ball to, to, you know, uh, basin or, excuse me, to, um, Tammy, Tammy Abraham. Abraham and it's like, but like how many times have those guys played together on a pitch, you know, like in, in like real matches, like just these last four, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not, you know, so, you know, that, that, that worries me a little bit too. Like if there's like a real connection
0: there or not. Yeah. All right. Take the next one, Josh. All We're right. going alphabetically, next. let I remind you.
1: <laughs> uh, next question about Crystal Palace. Uh, my question here, Brandon, uh, is Gary Cahill the best 4.5 million defender in the game? And I have a couple of options. Are you being facetious? No, 4.5 million, uh, specifically in that, in that range. I'm not counting the 4 million players either. I mean, the, right in that 4.5 million range, Brandon. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. uh, I've got Cahill, Mings, uh, Sayunku, uh, Jamal Aselis, uh, Bednarak and Loughton. Those are, those are some of the contenders, so, I mean, it's important. It's important to know who these these 4.5 million players are, right? I'm assuming <laughs> I, that everyone yeah. has Lundstrom. He's like, Lundstrom is like the RST LNE, right? Like yeah, he's the
0: Wheel of Fortune defender for there. sure.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, you've got Bednarak here, Josh, but where is Vestergaard? Because yes. I think Vest- Vestergaard was a big talking point coming out of that Manchester United. Uh, match sure. for his first goal his best his player somebody, in the pitch so he was comparing his stats at uh, to virgil van dykes in the same weekend and uh, not replicatable um if that's a word uh how come he didn't make this list how do bednarak over vestergaard
1: well it's annoying because vestergaard is inexplicably priced at five million is he and, oh okay my bad. yes It's very annoying and like Vestergaard had no goals or no, like he had no goals and no assists last season. Um, He picked up zero bonus points on the season. He's on a team that barely avoided relegation. Why is Yannick Vestergaard 5 million? Okay.
0: Because, Call up at FPL
1: headquarters, man. This is ridiculous.
0: <laughs> but they know – it clearly they know what they are doing. They saw this this spike in Vestergaard stock coming a mile away. That's why they're so, so. early. Okay, so, way. yeah, we're, we're yeah. getting away from this Gary Cahill question. And, I mean, I haven't seen great things from Gary Cahill. I almost – I saw him almost get red carded um, in that Un- Manchester United game. But uh, he didn't. But yeah, but he did. Savvy. Veteran savvy. Uh, I, I do see how the uh, Hodgson is actually riding the ship with Crystal Palace. I mean, it, at least going into Game Week 5, Crystal Palace, at least I, I'm not going to laugh you off the stage if you're trying to argue this. But if you compare Palace to soyonku at Leicester, I mean, that's... Lascelles, I don't, I, I see Newcastle still having problems under Steve Bruce, even though, sure, you know sure. they had a couple of decent results. Mings, you know, I could Villa have a few banner results, and Mings has a number of bonus points in him. But from this list, I like Sayunku because Leicester is actually a good team, and mm-hmm. Loughton because Burnley is. A great defense, if not a a, a really good team, compared to yeah. Palace, I think they're better value.
1: Well, I I think I would put him. Uh, I think I put him third. K-Hell. Um, I think I would go with you there. I, I'd go Loudon first. Although man, that Burnley defense, I really want to see them keep a couple more clean sheets. Like I know they they got this nice run coming up, and so it's like let's 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 see it. Like I, it's like I'm a, I'm a little worried. I'm just like a little because like last year they really didn't keep any clean sheets, you know and right. And we've all sort of bought into this argument that they're better this year just somehow, you know, like that they're like, you know, they've they shaken off all the Europa League hangover stuff and they're just going to be more solid. And it's, you know, I, I believe it, but I still I still yeah. want to see it, you know, reflected yeah. in the clean sheets.
0: This run for um, Palace, so, no, yeah. I, just real quick, the run for Palace, Spurs, Wolverhampton, Norwich. We all know what Timu Pukki going to do to them. West Ham, another like full on attacking team and then Manchester City and Game week nine. It's not, I don't believe it's a really good run at all. Yeah.
1: See, you didn't read the full question, though, Brandon. The question was (laughs) Is Gary Cahill the best, the best crystal, uh, the best 4.5 million defenders starting in game week 14?
0: Oh, okay. okay.
1: Yeah. That was the, that was the full, you missed the, the the, the second line in that. I always forget to turn
0: the page in your running order, Josh. So, yeah. um, (laughs)
1: Exactly.
0: It's a fair point, you make. I have to agree.
1: We'll see, we'll save that for the game week 14 preview pod, I guess. All right. Uh, right, Next question uh everton is uh it's actually you know the the question i have here i i almost want to replace it brandon what do you think about oh. a last minute replacement
0: yeah call right. an audible do as you please
1: all right i had a question about richarlis and that's boring we've talked about him plenty the question is can i
0: or should i be taking alex awobi seriously Huh. You yes, absolutely. I mean Alex Iwobi is my new project, my new FPL project. Do I have okay. the do I have the guts to bring Alex Iwobi stones. into my uh, wildcard? Yeah, do I? The sheer Stones. Uh, uh I might, but yeah, Awobi is for real and I think you could see, I mean, talk to any Arsenal supporter. I'd talk to you, Josh. I mean, Iwobi was one of the great overlooked midfielders in recent years on that Arsenal squad. Right. Uh, well do and, they is
1: this an international expression that like someone can't have the broadside of a barn? This is an expression I grew up with in the Midwest. I don't know if it's popular, but he couldn't shoot. And now maybe he can? I don't know. Like that's <laughs> something you can in theory get better at doing, right? Yeah,
0: so right. maybe he's like just a better shooter
1: now. And if so, then maybe he is
0: kind of valuable. I think we we obviously saw Everton couldn't score to save their lives the first few weeks of um the season and then Moise Keen and Awobi come in late in that Villa game and then they both start uh in game week 4 against Wolves and Everton looked like a totally transformed team I'm playing in front of a yeah. hyped up Goodison Park crowd I grant mm-hmm. you but I think that Awobi has got to be locking down that starting 11 position and yeah I like him. I think that's at 5.9. I think he dropped down in price because he didn't yeah. play the first couple of weeks at 5.9. Yeah. I, I think we take him seriously.
1: I'm really tempted too. I mean, even as a Saballes replacement, I think he's he's really interesting. Um, you know, that's a that's almost a like for like swap financially too. So, uh yeah, I would definitely think about that as well. I I I'm sort of I mean, and the fixtures are so good still, you know. I mean, at, at some point you you their offense is not that bad. Like last season it was not so sleepy, you know, and it's sort of for whatever reason there was just a really poor run of offensive form to start the season but maybe they kind of woke up um in that uh in that wolves match and you know bournemouth sheffield burnley west ham brighton in five of the next six uh i mean really the fixtures don't get bad until until you're in december you know and so um yeah definitely still time to to make a move for a for an everton defender uh all right brian leicester city uh, here's my question for you, Brandon. Do Lester's upcoming fixtures scare you off the Vardy party?
0: Uh, Yeah, they do a little bit. I mean, just to talk a little bit more about Vardy. And this this is a problem price bracket right now. It's the, mm-hmm. yeah, comparing Awobi to Richarlison, Richarlison at 8 versus 6 or 5.9 for Awobi. The 9 million price tag for Vardy is particularly when we're talking about guys like Ashley Barnes and Pookie and then these br- big premium players. I'm not sure what to do with him. And It's uh, the
1: Giroux. It's the Giroux price range.
0: It, it, it's it's too rich for me, particularly on wildcard. I I don't think he's going to make it into any one of my wildcard drafts over the break. The fixtures do scare me. I think Lester are going to challenge for at least the top six this season. I don't know that anyone. Mhm Anyone really question that. I think they're a great squad. I think they will get better and better as the season goes, but they're clearly still trying to figure it out a bit at the start of the season. And with United Spurs, Newcastle, Liverpool, Burnley, I, I, it's, I don't see value there with Vardy.
1: Yeah, I, I would like to have them. Um, we're going to talk about Alair in a little bit. And uh, I think Alair is, is, if he got injured or something, I'd be very tempted to move him to to Vardy. The Man United away fixture doesn't scare me at all. Uh, the Spurs home fixture doesn't really scare me. Newcastle at home doesn't either. Liverpool away, not great. I guess it's like he's just, yeah. It's like we got to wait like a month for the party, right? Like the party, it's like uh, people are like they're loading up some amps, you know. If it's like Days and Confused style, they're sort of like uh okay.
0: they've, they've,
1: they've, they've 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 ordered the kegs. Okay. You know it's like uh you went to the party store a little early, but you know you did it a month in advance uh you're like you're getting ready, but I feel like the party will not really start until is the until October
0: is the labored party metaphor the new uh better buy a couch to hide behind labored metaphor of this f p l season
1: It might be that's the new cliche, yeah, yeah, you might be right. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, Liverpool. Let's, let's do one more and let's take a break. Uh, Liverpool, the question is very simple, um, yeah. although I think it's th- hard to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, can Mane match Salah's points this season?
0: Yeah. Okay, so uh, season long. You made the classic interviewer mistake, Josh, in that you asked me a yes or no question, and you're not going to elicit a compelling response because all I all I, all I I can say is, yes, he can. Uh, mm-hmm. You could have... Ad- you could ask a more interesting yes or no question and ask, will will Mane match Salah's uh-huh. points? Sure. Um, so this is
1: like it's like I'm in a G chat with you. You're just endlessly parsing out every yeah. sentence that now I No, mean. what
0: you meant to ask was may Mane match Salah's points this season? Um yes, mm-hmm. you may Mane. Uh I I think it's very possible. I think it's it's a strong possibility. Now Salah's trick is as as it was last season. I mean Salah beat Mane last season. Largely thanks to assists, and also in part due to penalties. Uh, mm-hmm. Based on recent exploits, you wonder if Salah will pass the ball to anyone, therefore not get any assists. Um, so maybe that's taken that, away.
1: And then that would have to go. That would have to get into Salah's head a little bit, right? I mean, there's. The, the, I don't know how much these players follow the media, but it's, it's enough of a talking point. He's going to get asked about it in press conferences. I'm saying this as someone who has money, and not Salah. So I'm probably. It's probably biasing my my thinking here, but you wonder if that does lead to more fluidity or something. I don't know. You know.
0: Do you underestimate what it takes to be a professional athlete at this level? To be a an absolute stone cold psychopath, like Salah doesn't care. True. He wants to. uh, He wants to get the trophies. He wants to score the goals. I, I. I I also think maybe it's being overblown now i don't know if i'm being mm-hmm. biased as a solid owner but just looking at the scale of liverpool over the last two seasons or so um there will be goals they will they will share them Salah is not going to change just because of some bu- uh, bust up with what is p- reportedly the nicest guy in the entire club um right maybe that does speak that's to not, the fact that for me now I don't know. Listen, that may be for me now. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. They're all nice. I'm not part of their WhatsApp group, but um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it It is one of those interesting wrinkles to talk about and to theorize about. I, I'm i just not convinced that enough has changed uh, since last season. Other than Mane just keeps getting better and Salah is just really good. Yeah.
1: I just wonder. I could see some moment, Game Week 5, uh, VAR uh, sees a handball in the box It's a penalty Mal- Salah steps up To shoot the penalty Nope He walks away Gestures to Mane Come on over Take the penalty oh, Jesus Welcome to uh, Josh's fana- yeah.
0: FBL fantasies <laughs> This is this is like a not safe for work section of the podcast. This is this is outrageous.
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think it's encouraging that uh, Mane has the, the two matches he scored in actually were both away matches, and Mane has typically been a player who is better at home than away. Um, his his home road splits were pretty extreme last season. Uh, and so for him to uh to have two two goals and an assist already away is encouraging could be you know it's it's only four matches in so it's not super statistically significant like that but um that 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 heartens me a little bit and uh they play newcastle at home game week five you know I, i don't know we'll see i mean you know um you know sal outscored him in a big way in game week three um he outscored uh Salah by two points in game week four, right? So, um, you know, it's it, over the, over the course of the season so far, Salah is 11 points ahead, uh, which is a lot, but that's like, uh, you know, that's a goal. That's, that's a couple, a couple of goals basically. Um, so, you know, if, I think it, it could be an interesting season long race. I mean, the, the, the thing is, if, you know, Salah is only a million more expensive, you know? And so it's not like last season where there was like a 3 million price difference, you know? And so, uh for that extra million it probably is worth having solid just because he is on pens um he's on a lot of corner kicks as well so there's probably just like there's just more ways for him to accrue fpl points mm-hmm. um and all of those reasons that that make it easier for him to accrue points probably make him a slightly better fantasy asset mm-hmm. uh and so i have like 1.7 million in the bank right now it is possible i i'm not going to do it before game week five uh I, unless like one of them gets injured or something but it is possible like if i keep my my transfer my free transfer i may make the move before game week six you know i may i may like it may it may be like, like it's like it feels like a slight luxury transfer because they're pretty close uh-huh. but i do think that 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 Sal is better and i do think that he outscores money over the course of the
0: season fair enough all right uh we'll take a quick break josh and we'll come back with our final 10 questions
1: Brandon, I'd like to take a moment to talk about Harry's razors. You, you the listener, can join the 10 million who have tried Harry's and claim a special offer by going to harrys.com slash blue wire. I was almost out of breath there, Brandon, but I powered through. Breathless. Brandon, why should you try Harry's? Harry's founders were two regular guys who got tired of being ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Uh, the summer refresher wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set. It comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, a rich lathering shave gel mm. that will leave you. Brandon smelling great.
0: Oh, yeah, I can smell it already. <laughs> yeah.
1: You get a travel blade cover as well to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of our show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash wire Again, Brandon, that's
0: a free trial set. Go to
1: harrys.com slash wire to
0: redeem your offer. Joshua, when you're selling online, getting your orders can be a real pain i mean we we ship out a fair amount of stuff to say our patreon supporters and uh, going to the post office is is a real hassle that's why you need shipstation.com the fastest easiest and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders no matter where you're selling amazon etsy your own website shipstation brings all your orders into one simple interface and right now blue wire listeners that's you who are you're listening right now you can try shipstation for free for 60 days with promo code blue there's no risk you can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info ShipStation works with all major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. Visit ShipStation.com, click the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's B-L-U-E. That's ShipStation.com. Then enter the promo code BLUE, ShipStation.com. Make ship happen.
1: Brandon, we're back. Starting off... With a bang, Manchester City. It's a big question. Uh, it's a question we could spend a whole podcast on. But just, you're on a wild card right now. The question is, Brandon, KDB or Aguero?
0: Yeah, it's vexing. It, it truly is. Uh, the, you know, it's it's one of those age-old FPL questions of who are you going to be? Are you going to be the guy that goes for the gusto? Um, or are you going to be slightly more conservative going for consistency? Then I guess what I'm trying to say is that KDB feels like he is the KDB of two seasons ago, um, for my argument here, meaning less prone to rotation, where Aguero has all of these clouds constantly circling around him, the 65th minute substitutions Jesus is meant to be fit when we come back from the international break. I think we'd agree, and we've said this a number of times on the podcast, Aguero certainly the first choice striker by some distance for pep and manchester city so that concern about aguero's rotation is probably a bit overblown uh yes i think i think it is overblown yeah. but but it's there but yeah i i need to know the answer to this question because it's it's the biggest one i have to answer on the wild card right now i'm on sterling and kevin de bruyne i think de bruyne is just too Irresistible at his price and for what he's doing, uh, right. and and
1: I, I think a good example. Okay, I mean th- here's a good example. I mean, so in this last match, uh, Aguero um, until he gets the late assist, he is on two goals. Um, well, I mean, I just, I, I just think for you know for for De Bruyne, it's you know one goal, one assist, and a clean sheet bonus point, and you're at. You know, as many uh, basically an identical return to what uh, what Aguero gets with a brace. You know, and Aguero's certainly not going to get a brace all the time. It just feels like it's easier for the Bruyne to just sort of accumulate points. Like his floor is so high. Yeah. You know, like it's it just very. It seems very unlikely for him to come out of. Assuming he plays, it's, it's, you know, assuming he starts most of these matches, it's going to be hard for him to come out of most of these matches with fewer than five points. Right. You know, like it's it's almost in, in, it's like almost like unthinkable that he would go two weeks without getting a return in a fixture, his, you know? like it, no yeah. one returns every his time. His completed
0: passes, his consistent. tackles, the number of touches he has on the ball. Like as soon as he has any attacking output, he skyrockets to like hazard style to top of the bonus points.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, I, I think it's, I think it's very, uh, it's, it's very tempting to have, to have him. But um, could you
0: make a, a case to do uh KDB plus Aguero and leave Sterling out? And that, I think I, I, I'm a little concerned that managers are tempted to do KDB plus Aguero just because Sterling was not on the score sheet against Brighton, and given what we saw of Raheem Sterling in the first three game weeks, that, that's a huge risk. Even though he's a very expensive player, yeah, I mean that's like yeah, there's no, I mean, I mean he's like fifty percent owned, I mean, like yeah, it's madness.
1: Uh, and I think having all three is is madness too because it just doesn't give you. Um, uh, enough balance in your squad, you right, know, right. I mean, then you're just then it's like th- like those are the only players who are going to score for you, you know, you're going to have all these 4.5 million players and, you know, if you're consistently starting someone like Lundstrom, just get used to getting one point every game <laughs> week from those players, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you're not going to get anything most of the time, Yeah. so yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's De Bruyne and Sterling too uh, the argument for Aguero is that he's, you know, he's arguably the best captain week in and week yeah. out, you know mm-hmm. um, and and that is that is compelling. He's you know, we're talking about, you know, floors and ceilings and all that stuff. I mean, if he starts, he scores, you know, generally. Right. So um, I mean, you know, for him, it's like you're not you're often gonna get like six points as like a as like a floor, you know. Um, and obviously he's had double digit returns in the last two matches. I mean, guy's on what six goals in the season already, six goals and one assist. Yeah. I'm surprised that I'm not more eager to have him in my squad. I I guess I just do feel like Maybe it's just because uh, I felt the effect of dropping, of dropping Kane for All Air and I felt the like the the effect of having so much extra money to spread around my team, yeah. you know. And so it's like I'm I'm really feeling like I'm still feeling that moment of like, oh right, like I, you know, like I didn't lose that much going from Kane to Allaire at least yet. And I brought in Kevin De Bruyne, and it left me with 1.7 million that I can like spruce up, like. Two or three different spots in <laughs> my team, Super you know. Stuff. It's like it's, it's so like much, you got a loan just,
0: from the bank, reinvest <laughs> yeah,
1: it. it. but like it, but it, the the money, it's it's like it. Just your whole team is better when you don't have that much money up front, right. you know. Um, and Kevin De Bruyne is you know is two point five million cheaper than Aguero, you know. It's right. a it's a ton of money, right. so um, you know. So I think that is that. I mean, in the end, even if it's insanely close, I just think that um, the two point five million savings is the right. is the the final decider.
0: All right, let's move across town to Manchester United. We talked a bit about Daniel James, but the question here, is Daniel James the only interesting fantasy asset on this team? So you're putting him in the category with Rashford and Martial, and a lot of people went in on the United defense with either Wan-Bissaka or Maguire, and suddenly Manchester United look incredibly rattled. And it does feel like you're overstretched. You're over Now, if you have somebody is expensive, the, the, the injury yeah. to Martial muddies this conversation a little bit, but Rashford sure. feels overpriced. United's defense looks very shaky right now. Um, very very shaky so uh, going back to the budget midfielder conversation we were talking about I just think by virtue of being in in this side as problematic as manchester united are he presents really good decent value at 6.0 as a goal-scoring midfielder so yeah i think he is right now top of the heap as far as fpl assets at, at united
1: yeah, I, I I think so too, and uh, I mean, yeah, again, Rashford looks good at times, um, but you know, we we saw last season what happens when his confidence is low. You know, he's not the same player. Uh, yeah, tr- true of many young players, obviously, but you know, there's we know this team is not exactly like overflowing with with strong leaders. You know, and um, you know, and you just don't know how he's gonna. You know, I don't know. It's just the team needs everyone knows what this team needs, you know, um, and, and a lot of it is right in that midfield. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I feel like I really want to stay away from that whole team right now. And um, I think we were, we were all a little seduced by that game week one match. Right. And um, I think, you know, the last two and a half matches have, have shown us a very different team. And so, and so who knows? I mean, you know, obviously like it's, again, we're four weeks into the season. I don't want to be making any definitive proclamations on Man United, but I would be happy not to have any of their players or maybe James cuz he's so cheap at 6 million. Long
0: term is this a bet that you would make Josh? Uh goals that James scores versus clean sheets that Manchester United keep. Meaning Aaron wow. Wan-Bissaka yeah. at 5.5 cheaper than Daniel James is Bas- mm-hmm. Wan-Bissaka going to outscore Daniel James just on clean sheets alone by the end of the season?
1: Wow. So he has one clean sheet in the season. James has three goals. I will go, I will go Man United clean sheets over goals. I think, I still think they can end up with 12 to 14 clean sheets. And James might finish on 11 goals. I don't know. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, so I think it's close. But I think I'm, even
0: though we're selling off United defensive assets, I think long term, yeah, that's an interesting conundrum. Um, all right. So we've got a few clubs here that we could probably speed through here, right? Like Newcastle United. I think so like,
1: speed round yeah, time. My, uh, Newcastle United question is just, uh, um, Joe Linton's kind of
0: fun, right? <laughs> hey, yeah. Well, there are, there are some weirdo fun players on this team, like Maximo, um, like sure, guy, oh, that's true. He's fun. dragon ball Z guy looking guy. And Miguel Amaron, of course is, is so fast and fun to watch for that reason. <laughs>
1: poor Bigalbro, the MLS's hopes have rested on this guy who apparently has not scored a goal since November of last season. Uh, that is, uh, I, I saw that stat today. That is, that is painful. Yeah. That is, the MLS needs this guy to score a freaking goal already.
0: Yeah, new, this Newcastle team's weird, um, only punctuated by the weird feud that's now happening between um, uh, Alan Shearer and Michael Owen on Twitter. So, I don't know. I I'm totally out on this Newcastle United team
1: me too yeah Uh, they they have a nice run in uh, game week 27
0: so let's let's maybe table them for now (laughs) we'll get to Gary Cahill before we get to Newcastle that's good news yeah
1: for our our February 22nd pod we're going to talk about that a little bit more all right next question Norwich Uh, it's a simple question Brandon can they keep this up I will, and by by this I mean all attack, no defense. This they keep this style? up? Sure,
0: Liverpool's done it, you know, many years ago in the the Brendan Rodgers era. Um, so sure, why not uh, the farming club that is Norwich City? But I don't know. I I I had I brought in Pookie, so I could so I could be with everyone. Of Mm -hmm. course, I haven't got a goal from him yet. And I already my faith is wavering on this Norwich team just after just after that West Ham (laughs) match. Um,
1: It's no fun to burn. You burn two transfers to bring in two Newcastle play or Norwich players. And they both they both blank. That's always like that's that's that stings.
0: You know, I think that I think that to to a degree that you could expect for a promoted side like Norwich, I think they'll do all right to keep this up. So you'd have to keep the faith. It, it is a, it it always yeah. knocks you off your stride when you have a fun player like Pookie or a fun team like Norwich, and they inevitably come upon their first blank against uh, West Ham of all clubs. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I think you can't lose patience with these guys right at this moment.
1: They've got a truly horrible run of fixtures too. Uh, a lot of really tough matches. I mean, it's you know from a fantasy perspective, it's worked out okay for them, but. You know, and obviously they play Man City in game week five too. But then after that, you know, they, they've already played Liverpool, Man City, and Chelsea, and it's a really nice run after that. You know, Burnley, Palace, Villa, Bournemouth, uh, even that Man at home match. I wouldn't be shocked if they won that. Brighton and, and Watford after that. So it's a it's a really solid run after um, after this upcoming match. So I'm I'm, I'm keeping the faith. Um, their defense though is is just a. a I mean it's almost as bad as Fulham's last year. I was going to say it's a shade better, but I'm not sure we've actually seen enough to yeah. to know if it's a shade better.
0: I mean it's uh doesn't get much worse than Fulham my friend.
1: It doesn't get much worse, but I mean this defense is is truly terrible, right? Yeah. I mean it's uh I kind of like uh Max Aarons. Like he seems like kind of a fun player. Like uh, fantasy aside, sure. like I just he seems like a fun attacking player, but yeah. uh yeah, I think
0: uh this defense looks like a real will you start pookie against manchester city of course there you go are you would
1: you i wouldn't dream of not doing it yeah of course i will
0: all right sheffield at home sheffield united are they this year's cardiff city fun team no great fantasy assets um answer your own question josh
1: well, OK, I mean, I guess, you know, again, we talked about Lundstrom, like, uh, you know, he's the one sort of interesting player. This four million players playing out of position. And so, sure. Yeah. Lundstrom is fun. Although, obviously, I think we've also learned that you can't really you can't really start him that much. Right. I mean, you know, he's zero points and one point in the last two. You yeah. know, he's sort of, like it's you know, he's the team is uh, not I mean, like they're they I think they could stay up this year, you know I think that they have a real shot of doing that because they they can score a little bit they 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 defend reasonably well they have a really good manager, but from a fantasy point of view I'm just I guess the one player would be um would be Callum robinson right who um sort of you know had his had a big match away to Chelsea he was a player that a lot of people were really interested in. part of the reason why his price has already fallen from he's down to five point three million he started off at five point five which mm. Um, that kind of drop usually indicates a lot of people had a lot of faith and there was a lot of sell-offs, yeah. you know? So, uh, but often the, the sold off player ends up becoming the one who's really valuable on a team, you know, cause they, people own them for a reason, you know? And so I think that, um, but I mean, I don't really know. I don't give do any opinion on Callum Robinson, really. I mean, I, I just, you know,
0: no, I, I, you know, I don't if, either. I don't have any, I, there's not much to say about their attack right now. And Lundstrom, I'd still think he's a he's a huge buy for any FPL manager out there because of just his price and the fact that he does play in a more forward position. So I I don't want you to slag him off too much there.
1: No, I'm not slagging him off. It's it's I'm I respect this team. <laughs> uh-huh. I respect that they've been able to scratch up points away to Bournemouth and Chelsea. I think that's really impressive. Um, they had a tight one nil win at home to Palace in game week two. That's impressive as well. Um, that Leicester match, I mean, it was, it was one, one, it took a, you know, big goal late for them to, to not get a point from that one too, you know? So I mean, they've got what five from five out of 12. Uh, it's, it's not a bad start for a promoted team. You know, um, you might only need 37 points or something like that to stay up, but, um, yeah, I just don't think there's a lot to like in this team, except maybe, except Lundstrom.
0: All right. With Southampton, the question is why in the world is Vestergaard priced at 5 million? I want. I'm speaking on your behalf, Josh. You want him. Um, My question that I want to ask you about Vestergaard is: if he were to play in any type of band, now you kind of like, looks like he ought to be in some sort of death metal band, but maybe he's in a more like a a death metal band that you would play in the car with your with your younger brother. Just introduce him to metal, like the sort of like Pitchfork.com level metal. Or like a folk weirdo folk band, uh, like a hippie thing. Yeah, what about like Silverchair,
1: like <laughs> yeah. a, like a nineties, you know, Australian yeah. rock band, a pop band with some edge. Uh, yeah, I think he's. I think he's like in Corn or <laughs> Silverchair, like some nineties pop punk rap band.
0: I've got it. No, he's, you know, he's could, the cool yeah. looking studio musician who plays guitar when a band appears on Saturday Night Live, even though he's not actually in the <laughs> real band.
1: Yeah. Like a G.E. Smith kind of guy. I mean, like something like <laughs> yeah. that or just like a, not even him. Right. But
0: like somebody. Totally. Yeah. One of the other guys. Yeah, yeah One yeah, of the yeah. other guys. That's so not G.E. Smith. Yeah.
1: All right, we talked about him already, so let's move on to the next team, which is Spurs. Uh, Spurs would be kind of an obvious question here, but you know it's a great run of fixtures, but can you trust anyone on that team?
0: No, they're in a state of free fall right now, and everyone's acting up. Of course, Spurs, they have injuries that uh, have randomly stacked up. Their midfield is a mess. The attack looks out of sorts. Pochettino looks standard for him now looks deeply unhappy and you know the know. the expectation is as soon as the next great managerial job opens up he's going to that champions yeah. league final that was as good as it's gonna get for potch at spurs so the next can window we, opens he's we, out yeah. of it
1: you wonder if we could see a moment where where are you know gets fired in november and they do a caretaker manager for a couple of months and potch comes over in january or something like that i, I don't know like maybe that's too too extreme but uh he was really being talked about a lot you know last last winter so uh yeah we shall see um yeah i don't think you can trust anyone either um i'm not even interested in any of these players i mean lamella six million that's he's cheap but you know son he's 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 got the nicholas pepe try hard award (laughs) right now where he's just he's not helping his team because he's trying so hard
0: he also has the nicholas pepe um unsustainable fpl price tag
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, Pepe is—they're both too expensive. Yeah, the that nine point five million range is—that's uh, not where you want to be right now. If you want anyone to own you in fantasy uh, as a midfielder. Um, all right, so let's move on to Watford. A question from Stephen Toomey. He says, "Do
0: we realistically
1: consider Watford a relegation
0: candidate?" Mm. Uh, Stephen, just legendary Watford fan too. So it takes a lot of—it takes a lot of guts for him to ask this question. They've looked absolutely woeful to start the season, but. Um, mm-hmm. To be honest, I believe in I believe in the Watford project. I feel like the work that they did when they got into the Premier League, they, you know, cycled through a number of managers. Javi Gracia, has he's got a full great season under his belt. I think they have the squad depth. I think that they will come around toward the end of the season. It could be a struggle at points, but I think that they'll be okay. In the meantime, though, I, I yeah. do think they're they exhibit whipping boy qualities. I don't know what else I can add. I think, I think I'm with you there. They, they have too much.
1: It does seem like there's a little too much talent up and down this squad for them to actually go down. Yeah. Right. I mean, like De- De- Gerald De La Feo, I know he's had a t- rough start of the season, but De La Feo alone is more talented than any player on like six of the teams that are going to be going for relegation. Yeah. You know, like they have a couple of players who can win matches by themselves. Um, and uh, just a quick shout out to uh, Will Hughes, who's had a nice little start to the season. I absolutely. Love that uh, guy. Great player. Yeah. Yeah, really snake bitten, but it's going to get worse before it gets better for them because they, you know, they they play uh, Arsenal, Man City, and then Wolves away uh, in their next three matches. And yes. I, I mean, you have to expect they're going to lose that. So then they're looking at one point from their first seven matches. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a tough that's a tough start. It so. will test the character it's, of it's, a lot
0: of those. Yeah. Uh, like some of the players, like Pereira or De La Feo, they have these like yeoman like qualities, and you wonder, well, do they have the the, the mental toughness to stick with Watford through this, this terrible start to the season. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah.
1: So, can, yeah, candidate, yes. Relegated, I don't think so.
0: Uh, West Ham, uh, Harry Haslam says, is Sebastian Allaire a future star? Certainly seems that way. I mean, to to talk like the old, the old guys at the beginning of Moneyball, the movie, great baseball body, <laughs> great just a great, great body. body. Allaire... He's he just a total – ju- um, he just looks – he looks like he is ready for a full-on Premier League blitz. And the moves that he yeah. had where, – where VAR should have picked up that penalty um, over the weekend against Norwich. The foot skills on him, he just seems smart and fast and strong. All these great qualities. Fast?
1: I don't know that I'm with okay. you on. I, I do think he's, fast on he his seems a little tough, slow.
0: Right? Agile. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Angel. I will give you a, yeah, I will give you Angel. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, yeah, they, they sold away, Chich- you know, Chicharito's on loan now too. Oh, I missed that. Uh, that's so crazy. Chicharito, Where did he go? That he went to, um, uh, Sevilla. Uh, and, uh, no, actually it was a permanent deal. Excuse me. Mm. It says it's, it's a permanent deal. So Chicharito's gone. Uh, Arnie's gone. Uh, I mean, it's his spot. So that's really encouraging too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 7.5 million and, uh, and everything's going to kind of run through him. So, I mean, you know, is he a future star? I I don't know. But um, the signs going into the season were that he was the kind of player they needed. And he is acting like the kind of player they needed already, right? I mean, he's got, you know, they've won their last two. Uh, they've, he's got three goals in his last two matches. They, uh, you know, honestly, that it was, maybe that they lost so badly to Man City in that first match that it kind of painted a picture of West Ham that I'm still kind of like trying to shake off a little right. bit, you know, like, uh, cause I mean, they have, you know, seven from nine, right. They've won their last two and they drew the match before that. I mean, it's, They really had a pretty good start to the season, you know, outside of that Man City game. So, um, you know, and Lanzini looks really good too, you know. Yeah, Yarmolenko is healthy uh, again. Yarmolenko.
0: Felipe Anderson. Everyone is fit, save Antonio, who who will be a great bench player when he's back and healthy after his perpetual hamstring injury where he has like a two-week window where he can play. But uh, Pablo Fernals has yet to really make an impact on the starting 11. They've got got a great squad, a, a great attacking squad
1: yeah i think so too they're kind of a fun team like i feel like they're a team that i'm gonna enjoy watching just from, from like a just like aesthetically this season you know like it feels like things have, have really improved um in the second year under um uh, uh what's his name their manager oh pellegrini pellegrini yeah, Pelegrini. Pelegrini.
0: yeah. <laughs> emo pellegrini <laughs> Um, all right. Last team here, Joshua. The Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yep. Question is, do we simply have to stay away until the Europa League is through? That is what is referred to as a rhetorical question. Of course we have to stay away from them. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and their group looks good enough that they'll probably get through the group. So they're, they're just screwed in the Premier League.
1: They're going to win the Europa League next year. And then the question will be, I mean, like they're going to win the rugby league in the spring. And then the question would be, do we have to stay away until their champions league group stage is finished next season? And then, you know, they're going to win <laughs> the champions league again. And we'll say, do it, you know, do we have to do it to wait until the repeat campaign, the yeah. champions league is over before, but it's, yeah, I, I got talked into show to, I had him for the first two game weeks, uh, obviously that that worked out about as poor as it could you know four blanks didn't even start the last match um you know we all kind of knew it and then we all sort of forgot it for a little while or not we did we didn't all but many of us sort of forgot it for a while um and uh yeah i, I was sort of thinking about this earlier today about how i had Delafeu and jota and my team in game week one and i was sort of banking on talent you know i was just like these are just they're both i, I just really rate them as players right. delafayu and yeah. jota um and but yeah it's just that's you know, it's hard when they, when they, I mean, De La Feo, I'm not really sure what the issue is there. I guess it's just that, that whole team is in a funk. But, uh, but Jota, I think it's just he's just been playing so many matches, you right. know, and, um, just not as sharp as he, as he it should It
0: stings be. a bit more because Wolves were such a fun, phenomenal, important, important is a weird word for me to use, but I will use it FPL team for us last yeah. season. And to be without them totally. right now, it feels like you're missing a limb in a way. <laughs>
1: yeah well they were fun too. yeah i mean i mean like you said they, they were fun and like they were fun and they were cheap and i still like watching them play yeah. i mean yeah, they're just they're just a good team um but uh yeah from a fantasy point of view i think it's a it's a stay away you know what though like it's funny because every time I'll, I'll sort of post about something like this and a bunch of wolves fans on twitter will be like yeah, you know what? It's awesome though that they're in the Europa League yes. and they're in the. And I'm like, oh, you're. It's like, it's like I have to remember that. It's it's cool. Like it's awesome. It's fun. Like if you're a Wolves yeah. fan, this is gonna be really. It's cool, also you good know good for so them like,
0: financially. The money that they're bringing in from these yeah. ticket sales, the broadcast rights. It's all you know, assuming yeah. they get through the Premier League campaign without any scars, they'll be they'll yeah. be set. They'll be good. Yeah.
1: And they'll be fine. I mean, they, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll. There's, there's, no chance they're going to go down this no, year or anything right. like that. So, uh, yeah. So it's, uh,
0: yeah. So yeah. Far be it for me to rain on their parade, but uh, I'm staying away, fantasy wise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great. Well, that's it. Twenty teams, twenty questions. Um, yeah. Well done, Josh. I think we, I think we, I think we yeah, did it. Thank yeah. you. Well done, you. Well done, <laughs> well both done, of us. <laughs> well done, always, Cheaty. Well done, the cheaters. All right, let's sign off, everyone. Of course, we're going to be back next week shortly to give a proper preview of the game week five fixtures, an update on my wild card, and our our real uh, you know an update on where our bus teams are and captaincy choices and all of that. In the meantime, if you're looking to uh, thank the cheaters for what we do here on the podcast or if you want to get involved in the slack, a couple of extra mini leagues and get that extra bonus podcast each week on our Patreon feed, visit patreon.com slash always cheating for more information there. Let's thank our producers as we do each week. Josh, run through our uh, big time producers. All right, let's do this. Barry McGuire, Paul
1: Herzig, Victor Forberg-Skogang, Alan Creasy, Blair Jacobson. Blair, by the way, we got your email. We're getting back to you. Nick Wright, Stian Niehaus, Kaja Christine Leleng, Brian Chin, Travis West, Frederick Kian Gransky, Dave Wagner-Lodal, Brian Jacobson, Andy Penn, Jazz Binning, Christian Carter, Babas Kuhn, James Holland, Ben Grant, Jeff Husby, Debig Big Gaffer, Trevor Ingerson, Brian T, Nick Costello, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, former Brandon, Martin Savage, Chris Howell, Stephen Toomey, and Mike DiPietro. Thank you to everybody. And thanks again, Mike, for picking up the tab.
0: <laughs> Pick up saying? the tab, Mike. That's your new nickname. All right. Rate and review and subscribe to Always Cheating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Hail Cheaters, Instagram at Cheaters, Facebook.com slash Cheating. Send us an email, HaleCheaters at gmail.com for all this and more, including the Always Cheating shop where you can get some cool t-shirts, a coffee cup, all that jazz. Go to alwayscheating.com. And a big thanks to our new Patreon supporters. We love you. At the Volkswagen level, it's Molly Newman and Brendan Davison. At the Lord Sorloth tier, we have Steve B. Boxopsp. Sorry, Tor. That's uh, probably pretty brutal on you there. I apologize. Luke Swigart, Christian uh, Fargelly, Jack Charles, Shan Tom, Sean Tom uh, and the door. I think it's uh, a Shane. Shane Tom. And it's it's a real nightmare <laughs> yeah, for me. Shane. It's a it's a nightmare for me in <laughs> this episode, Josh. I, 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 I did. I tell these uh, new supporters that I love them enough. Also, the dork lord there <laughs> at the Sorloth tier and our new pookie patron is Bendik so thanks to all of you welcome to the team uh, appreciate the support Josh, any last words before we hit this international break with um, with great strength and fortitude?
1: Uh, no, I'm looking forward to a few days off. I'm looking forward to watching the rest of the U.S. Open. And uh, maybe we'll finally get the Federer-Nadal U.S. Open Final that we've never had before.
0: Outstanding. And uh, U.S. plays Mexico on Friday. That's going to be a great um, IB match. Oh, and- uh,
1: yeah. Should we tease that? We forgot to tease that out earlier. But you and I are going to try and experiment, right? We're going to try to... Uh, do a do a do a patreon pod where we actually watch the match together and talk about it.
0: logistically i'm not sure how it's going to work but um it will be fun to experience i can promise you that
1: yeah let's say we will try to do it if not (laughs) we'll just do something else but uh, we're gonna give it a shot if we never mention it again please don't ask us about it
0: all right everyone poku forever